Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon. And guys, I am uh, struggling to figure out how to introduce uh, today's guest because not only is he a touring musician, uh, he's a social media influencer, he is a fitness model, and uh, he's an actor and movie star as well. So uh, I'm just going to roll right into this. Uh, Welcome to the show, Jesse James. Hey, how's it going, man? Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I have had the pleasure of watching you from afar from about the last 15 years become an overnight success so uh, you know well done with that tell us a little bit about you because i don't even know how to introduce you i've got at least four things that you're a world-class <laughs> superstar at so what are you doing on my podcast jesse uh so yeah we uh as sam mentioned we've uh, kind of known each other for a while back from the uh, car club days actually you see a street do you still have that you still have that camaro <laughs> no dude I, I wish i did I, I ended up selling it um because my mom needed a car, so I I ended up selling my I had a car and a couple bins uh, mm-hmm. SUVs. So I saw those and got her uh, a ride. Because um, I mean, any car guy knows that it takes money to keep those things going. It does. And moms can't really do clutches. Either, yeah. Can they? Yeah. So I uh, so I got rid of it. But one one of these days, hopefully I get hope to get back one in there. But um, so yeah, as you mentioned, I, I kind of do a little bit of everything. I started out uh, kind of in the music world. Uh, I play. You know, travel across the U.S. with my band, Hindsight. Uh, we're based out of Houston. I play bass in the band. It's kind of a hard rock or metalcore band, I guess, if you wanted to kind of try to label it. Um, if you want to kind of, I guess, get an idea of what the sound is, it's probably like uh, Breaking Benjamin, Killswitch, uh, and maybe some Seven Dust is influenced in there as well. Maybe I just need to get close to it. Maybe so. I just boosted it a little bit. Alright. Tap it again. It's alright though, it's on full channel, so hopefully it'll be alright. Alright. Right. Sorry. Sorry, Dan. She edited that. So uh <laughs> all right. So back to hindsight, man. Um because you, when I think when I first met you, you were playing with Brothers in Arms. It was a, a while back. So Correct. Yeah, it was it was a Christian punk rock band. How did that? Does that make does that make Christian music better or does it make rock music worse? Um, I would say Christian music better because my my thing is is like I feel like Christian music in general is always at least like a year or two behind mainstream. Okay. Um, because because I I play. Outside of all that, I play over at a uh, church I go to here. I play bass as well for mm-hmm. them, and, and it's praise and worship. So it's all more or less the same chords. Uh, and so it's it's the same chords, <laughs> just <laughs> shuffled. Yeah, just shuffled to different songs, different different voices on it. I mean, so it's – I like I like playing, but it, it, it's, it can get, you know, kind of repetitive. Isn't, isn't all music just the same four chords? Sometimes, man, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, mainstream kind of seems that way. It's like they have a formula and they just stick with it. Hey, I mean, if it works, it works, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's what makes it. I mean, everybody's gonna hate on Nickelback for him using the same stuff, but I mean, Dude, I like some Nickelback. of them stuff. Like yeah, some of their stuff is. Yeah, I, I do like some of their stuff. Uh, <laughs> it it is kind of repetitive and it is kind of the same, you know, you know, kick punch, kick punch. But it, it makes you want to drive fast. I mean, isn't yeah. that what it's for? Yeah, it's. it's if you take it for what it's worth, face value, then it's good. But I mean, if you're trying to break it down technical and just be, you know, gatekeeper to it, then yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna annoy you. Yeah, I, uh, I stopped, I stopped really caring about the the technical aspects of music once I realized how it all just came together in specific formulas. And you know, if it sounded good and felt good, then I, I generally just listen to it. You know. Yeah, I agree. So, what's life like as a as a as a working musician, Max? I know you you tie, you don't really have a. a a, a defined career path you tie so many things together um tell us a little bit about life as a musician what it's like working with a band i mean do you approach it 
as a business because there's there's all kind of personalities involved and then there's a whole business side of that, that involved as well what's that like yeah um so working as a, a band um you know there's always a, a saying saying if you if you want to find out if you can make it as a band just go on tour with your bandmates and you'll find out real quick if you can make it <laughs> uh, I, mean, I have tons of stories that we could go off of for uh for tour life on on how bad it went well, uh, you, can't, you can't dangle yeah. that. Yeah, so, like, so a lot of people don't know, I was a professional musician for a while, and I, I got to the level where it didn't matter necessarily about music skills, just as how well you gelled with the guys that you were you were working with. So Correct. dig into that for us. Give, yeah, give, yeah. give me a nightmare, come on. Yeah, because you, you have to basically, um, I mean, you, these are guys that you're basically driving across the country in a van, you know, eating and farting away, you know, just state, state <laughs> to state. So you have to get, you have to get, you have to click with them as a musician, and then you have to click with them almost as like a, a family member. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a basically like a family vacation. You're going across town, or across states, or you know wherever with these guys. So you have to, you have to click with them. You have to kind of mesh with them. Um, there's, like you said, all different uh, type of personalities involved. Uh, we had one uh, tour where we went uh, kind of across. The, where were we going to Boston? Oh wow! Yeah, from from Houston, from Houston to Boston. That's a ride. You all in a van? Yes. So we had, <laughs> we had a van, and we're you know towing our uh, our equipment with our, our trailer, um, and then we went to Boston, and then we dropped down to to uh, New York to do a show down there in Manhattan, and uh, and we we had a new member at this time, and and we brought him in. And it kind of was thrown into the, into the whole tour thing because he, he's never been on tour as well. But we've we've been on four or five different national mm-hmm. tours, so we kind of knew what to expect. Right, right. I mean, rules of the road is basically you you hold it until you <laughs> make, you basically make one stop. You make yeah. a, a you make a gas break. That's it. Go to the bathroom. That's it. Get something That's to eat, it. and then you know you you you. <laughs> You fill up while you while, yeah, you, while you let out, man. I'm laughing because the, the longest piss I ever took. <laughs> I was I was on tour, and because um, I was the young kid in the band, and the the, the, the driver, I'm like, oh man, come on, you gotta stop. And he'd be like, come on, all right, exit. And then he start to exit, and he swerve back on the freeway. Just and I, I swear to God, I almost pissed myself. <laughs> and as I ran to the urinal, I'm like, let me look up my watch. <clears throat> And I pissed consistently for a minute and twelve seconds, man. Yeah, dude. It, <laughs> like, you, learn, rule, you don't violate yeah. the rules of the tour. Yeah, because yeah, you you throw the entire like we have a time schedule, mm-hmm. we have it down. Yeah. If, if we stay on the road constantly, you know, just straight consistent, we can make it to the next. You know, because sometimes you're driving states, like yeah. from one state to the next state. Um, and and people if they haven't driven across Texas, I mean, eight yeah. hours and you're still in Texas. Yeah. I, so so it you know you have to. Get it down, especially when you're 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 basically making it super close. Because we had to do one where we went from um, Orlando and we had to be in New Orleans the next day, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you're that's, just that's you're awesome. just hauling. And so there's there is no room for stopping every every other you know third exit. A lot of the glamour of the lifestyle gets lost after your first tour because you're just like, wow, that was hard work. People don't realize you pack up in one city and you might leave that bar at two a.m. and and then have a four-hour drive to the hotel for the next day, and then sleep in, and then another few hours before sound check. Man, they they, they yeah. just don't. They just see you show up and get get you know yeah. prepped, and you're you're jamming out, and you know they yeah. see you jumping on stage, and and then all right, we're done now. Where are the girls? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the green rooms, nothing but dudes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so it it uh, so we we had that one where we. Where that was kind of the big thing is it is he didn't he didn't know that's the rule, and we kind of tried to hammer it into him like. So every you know we'd we'd leave gas and you know get food and stuff and get you know probably about thirty minutes forty minutes down the road. Hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, it's like, bro, we just you left the gas that. station, dude. Like you're you're. So he put us behind quite a bit doing that. Um, and then we uh, basically would well we'll switch on who's driving. Mm-hmm. So of course whoever's driving gets control of the you know radio. Oh right, yeah. And so that's <laughs> so usually it's me and me and my buddy Brad. We kind of end up driving more our other buddies will sit in the back um and drink or uh i have like a little raspberry pie that i put all video games on and oh, so nice. we have like a little uh, like a seven inch screen and then we'll play video games and then either that or we'll catch up on um you know some like it's always sunny or something like that yeah and so you may just catch up on stuff like that and so that was one of the one of the big thing and then another thing is um when we stop you get food 
you know, we make one stop for food and that's, that's it. it. Yeah. And so we, we, you know, he kind of was, nah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I brought some stuff. I'm not going to really go out and buy anything. So then we all go get our stuff. We come back about to get into the, uh, so we'll eat either on the road or we'll eat like right there by the, the, uh, van. And then we're about to leave. And he's like, Oh man, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'm gonna go get something to eat. And I'm like, dude. And so one, one time the, uh, we so were, you fired that guy then or what? He's not in the van anymore. I mean, <laughs> good guy and all, but just, just didn't, didn't mesh well with the, right. with the van. But, uh, the funniest part about that was one time a, uh, lady at, uh, McDonald's, we're getting breakfast. And uh, she called him out on it because we were up there, all of us are in there getting breakfast and uh, about to leave. And uh, she asked him if he wanted anything. He's like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm good." And then we're about to leave. And then he's like, "Well, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go ahead and get something." And so then she's like, "Oh, now you want to order?" And so, <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that she could see it was, you know, it was, it was it was hilarious. How do you like? Cause you're always in the gym. I see I see that going on a lot. Yeah. Five and days a week, man, at least. Dude, well, whenever I travel, like, the first thing that happens is me feeling like not working out. And the second thing that happens is I generally stop working out. And, you know, I just, I finished 75 hard uh, a few weeks ago. So I had to incorporate workouts with traveling. And it was such a pain in the ass. How did you manage to keep track of your fitness? Because you, you're, and we'll get into that later in the year, because you're well into fitness. How do you stay on top of that and maintain a touring schedule? Uh, so usually it's like the, uh, the way I met, you know, Brad, which is a uh, lead singer, he, he was, uh, here in, in town finishing his PhD for, uh, become a uh, research scientist. And so I actually met him through brothers in arms. We were playing shows, mm -hmm. uh, when he was in the hindsight. And then I actually ran into him at Gold's quite a bit, uh, cause he was working out there, uh, cause that's what his degree was in. Uh, so we would always just chit chat kind of, uh, talk about working out and, and band stuff and like that. Uh, so when we're on tour and stuff like that, if we have like an off day, um, usually when you're traveling, you, there's, there's no way you're going to get to the gym unless right. you stop, go to the gym, work out. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when two of the people that are really big into working out and then the other two aren't really into that, just can't really do that. So no. if we have an off day, um, usually me and him will, will, will go find a gym and then work out and just kind of just do like some cardio, some, some almost like a full body workout mm -hmm. type workout just to get, just to get some blood pumping. Um, and for the most part, I just try to not eat like garbage on the road. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the big keys. Cause you want, you know, me, I just, I'm sitting there and you just want to snack yeah. the entire yeah. time. Yeah. No, no, that's true. I, I tell you the, the, cause last time I was touring was early two thousands. And now when I take a road trip, the quality of food available in gas stations is exponentially better now. It's, it's a lot easier to eat. Yeah, yeah, you can get some, some yogurt or some uh, a salad or something, mm -hmm. but for the most part, yeah, just try not to eat like like garbage. So, how did you get into the gym thing? Because I've seen pictures of you on on Facebook memories and throwbacks from you know eighteen, nineteen years old, trying to uh, try doing modeling and stuff. Um, what was that like as a, as a teenager coming up? How did you get into that? Uh, when I was growing up, yeah, I, I, when I graduated high school, dude, I was 135 pounds. Yeah. 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 So I was, because I ran cross country all, all when I was in junior high and high school. Mm. Uh, I did that, played basketball, uh, you know, season of baseball. And so I was always active uh, sports wise. I just never was a big dude. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school, um, the high school I was going to, they brought in uh, powerlifting. And my buddies were, um, I think one of my buddies, he was like 6'4", 230 mm -hmm. in high school. And, uh, you know, my other buddy was pretty stout as well. Uh, and they were, because they were both football. And so like, hey, dude, you should come into powerlifting. And, you know, we can basically skip school and go to these meets and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I'm down with that. So I started working out with them just to just to skip school more or less uh, and get out of school. And then it, it kind of stuck with me. And so when I got into college and stuff like that, I would uh, go still hang out with my buddy and, and work out in uh, JW. We would go to his he basically had like a home gym in his garage. Uh -huh. And so we, I'd start working out with him there. And so it, it just kind of stayed with me. And then once I got a little bit, um, probably in college or something like that, I started getting into the modeling thing. Um, I got signed to an agency in, in Austin for about a year or two. Uh, and so I did some runway and fashion shows and stuff like that there. Um, and then saw Arnold and Conan. Uh -huh. And so that was like, oh, I, I gotta get bigger, dude. Like, yeah, we, I think that was that was most guys our age. I'm just a, a few years older than you. That was most guys our age introduction to to bodybuilding and to like the ultimate physique was was Conan the Barbarian and then uh, the Terminator movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, 
Was Arnold like a huge influence for you? Uh, yeah, for to to be bodybuilding wise, yeah, but, you know, because I I was that was my goal is to get um to get more or less just a, a bigger frame. Mm-hmm. Um, just I mean, I guess when you're super skinny and you see you know see Arnold, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I want to be like. You know, <laughs> I grew up. So have you got to meet him yet, though? Or? Uh, I, yeah, I'll, yes and no. So. <laughs> I, I kind of froze out, so because <laughs> because you know um, I, I by no means consider myself like super famous, but I, there's sometimes where you're like you're so overwhelmed sometimes uh, when you're at shows and stuff like that. You just kind of you just want to just chill, dude. Like mm-hmm. just you know just I have no problem with with talking to people and hanging people, but you do that when you do it all day, all night, and all the time. You know you just want to like just just veg out, and so um, I was in. Uh, because he goes to Venice a lot right, to work right. out, so I was like, man, they just and I have a Gold's membership, and I can go over there when I go go to uh, L.A. That's the first thing I do is I go and, and work out at Venice and Gold's, and so I was like, man, one of these days I'm gonna I'm meet him before you know before just, he dies. Just I'm, bump I'm gonna, into yeah, him. Yeah. Just gonna, I'm just gonna try going different hours just mm-hmm. to make make you know find out when he goes. Uh, and then one time I went there, uh, I came three or four five, maybe four or five months ago or so, um, this past year, and I went to Gold's and. I was up there to, to film a part for a movie there, and so then I was like, "Well, I'll go work out around mid uh, midday because I, you know, I was not being creeperish, but trying to figure out when he, <laughs> he you know, it's like okay, people are mostly posting around noon or something like that, and then I have a buddy that works out there, and I was like, "Hey, when's you know, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when does Arnold usually come through?" And so he's like, eh, "I mean, try to come through around lunch or something like that because that's usually kind of when, when when he sees them." So then I was like, "All right, cool." So I went there one day at around that time, and then. Uh, this is right whenever you know masks were still a thing, right. well, especially in California, dude. Good lord. <laughs> uh, and so we go over there, and, and or I go over there, and I'm working out, and then I look to my left, and I see kind of this dude just wearing a mask, um, and it, it you picture him in your head like Conan, and yeah, you know, you, yeah, yeah, he's older, so of course you you just don't just just don't think about it because you know the movies make him just seem like this huge indestructible dude. Well, he's just a normal dude, but so he's kind of got his his Arnold walk coming in, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have like a massive entourage and stuff. Like if because I was at the Arnold uh, working a fitness booth for Harbinger Fitness, and I saw him come in, and he had like a fifty people around him guarding. Right, right. Uh, so when he comes into Golds, he just walks in by himself. Uh, I think he has like one guy that's with him, maybe an assistant or, or a handler or something. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they he walks in, so I'm like, that's Arnold, and so I was like. That's it. I, I finally, I'm, I did, <laughs> this is the day, dude. This is the day. And so then I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I'm working out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish up. And, and he made his way to the back. Because if, if you've ever been to, to Gold's Venice, they have like the kind of the front section where all the, uh, like the dumbbells and, and racks and stuff are. Then uh-huh. right in the middle, they have some more machines and stuff. Then towards the back is where they have another row of uh, dumbbells. And then that's where all the um, like cardio machines are and then to the right they have like the grass and then have that famous green wall that right, you go right. see pictures of in the very back corner there's like a studio that they like hold classes and stuff like that and so I was like alright well, we'll finish working out and then I'm gonna make my way to the back casually and just you know, <laughs> just just looking at the gym just looking at the gym nothing to see here and see if I can see them mm-hmm. casually getting close to them hey man what's going on You know, can I take a picture with you um, you know tell them pretty much what every Dude, probably said, "Hey, man, you know you're a big influence in my." In Loved my, you in Conan, yeah, yeah. like yeah, for real. And so Terminator, or you know, uh, <laughs> jingle so, all the way, yeah. And so you know, it's the Turbo Man doll. So, <laughs> he's like, "I'm not a pivot." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want to scream that across golds. And but dude, he was such a fundamental <laughs> part of all of our childhoods. Yeah, man. dude. I mean, he. I mean, yeah. He's he's one of my my favorite actors like, uh, outside of bodybuilding and stuff. So yeah. So I go back there and I don't see him. I was like. It's like, did he like slip out of the back door or something? And and so I didn't see him. So I, was, I just kept my working out. And then I saw him uh, walk out of that that room. I was like, oh, so he must have been back there doing some some uh, class or something like that. So then he goes through the front. And right around that time, I'm I'm actually finishing up for real. And I'm just like quitting to go talk to him. So I'm walking towards the the, the uh, exit, and I see him get his bike because he he rides a bike in there. And so I see him get his bike and start walking out. And then immediately people start hitting them up for pictures and stuff and I'm like yeah I'm not gonna be that guy dude yeah so at yeah. that point I was like I'll walk right by him and then I just kind of like gave him a nod like hey what's going on and then so he just you know kind of just gave me a nod and made his way out and so I, we're sitting we're pretty much standing right beside each other at, at outside on the on the sidewalk and it's like oh maybe I should do it right now before he leaves and so I was like nah dude I just oh, I just man. froze up because I was like what he's you know 
you know, maybe he's going to have one of those days. He's just, I just want to, I just want to like come in, work out, do my thing, and jet. So, you know, I just, I just didn't want to be another one of those guys that just like, hey man, can I have a picture? But then I was like, well, now I'm never gonna have a picture, and so, so well, we'll see. Well, we'll need to fix that. Yeah, so. we, we, we got to fix that because you know, of all people, like deserving of an Arnold Schwarzenegger picture, you're you're probably the the first guy I can think of that that really is deserving of one because you've been in like several. Like, Big fitness magazines, haven't you? Uh, yeah. So I've, I've been published uh, in Flex magazine a few years ago, twice in the same year, um, and then uh, it was Inside Fitness, and then I was published in Oxygen magazine, which is a women's magazine, women's fitness, women's fitness magazine, um, over in Australia. Right. And so I, uh, that's what got me my first international publication, um, and I was in their Babe Watch section. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know. And so, yes, yeah, so I've, I've done that. Uh, Train Magazine here. How well. much? Like, because you're just an ordinary fella, but you've got an extraordinary commitment to your craft and a work ethic that I, is very rare that I've seen. Just how much work does it take to get in that kind of shape to do those kind of photo shoots? It, it's a lot harder than it looks. Like, I when I first started doing this, I thought these guys walked around shredded to the bone 24 right, they, they I thought they were it. always tell us a, yeah tell us a little bit about the process and, and how you get in that kind of shape yeah. so I, I uh, started working out basically to start competing in, in these uh, men's physique shows mm -hmm. and so I figured oh well if I'm going to be dieting down man I suppose take pictures and, yeah. and, yeah, and sure. submit to these magazines and so for, for a typical show um, it'll take me three months to drop and I drop usually about 30 pounds because like, you're in like really fucking good shape right now right but you're not doing any fitness shoots, yeah, right? yeah I, I couldn't walk you know out there and do a fitness shoot right now <laughs> I mean you beat me <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the for the average person yeah I, I, I look better than than just a normal person walking around but when you compare yourself into like the fitness world like, yeah. like I'm you know I'm nowhere near getting ready to step on stage or anything like that but but it, it so it, yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's definitely a, a, a dance you have to do but yeah three months is what it takes me to get to get dialed down then single digits um, body fat because mm -hmm. you know off season is what they call it right now like I would be considered off season like I, I'm running around about 230 uh, and body fat I think uh, when I did it it's like maybe like 13 to 12 mm -hmm. uh, whenever I'm about to step on stage I'm about 198 200 and single digit like that, three four percent. That's a serious swing, man. Yeah, and so it and it takes it basically you have to live and breathe that for the next three months. Like, like I'd, I'd have to get up early before work and go do 30, 40 minutes cardio, uh, fasted. So that basically means just no nothing. You just don't eat anything. Get up, get your aminos, and get get your pre workout, and and go run for 30, 40 minutes. Get up, get your meals. Um, I was eating six meals a day, but they're mm -hmm. small meals, and they're all super super uh super lean and then after i get done with that i'd go back to the gym work out and then i do another 30 40 minutes of cardio wow what that that is a level of discipline that very few people that i know like possess what is it that keeps you motivated what is it that keeps you disciplined you got any hacks for the listeners to help them stay on course because a lot of my guys that that that, uh, that i talk to they struggle with the, the staying on the wagon. They struggle with that discipline. They'll go a couple of weeks and then they'll have uh, a, a slip up per se. You know what? What yeah. is it that, that that's different in your brain? Uh, the the difference for me and because because I was um, right before all this, I also got certified as a trainer just so, just so I can understand body mechanics mm -hmm. and, and all that as well. There for a short while, I was thinking about uh, personal training, but then you know people just are dumb. They just they Dude, want. I've they seen want to that personal you. training. Yeah. But like the the work to be certified in, mm -hmm. like the textbooks and the language, I take yeah. my hat off to you, man. That is yeah, not. Yeah, because you have to learn like the the entire like all the muscles, the like, bones, the yeah. the, the way it flexes, what they're called, permeation. Yep. You're, you're all your all stuff. kinds of shit that I yeah. cannot spell. Yeah. Like, but I, I had a friend going through the personal training stuff, and uh, and she showed me the textbooks, and I was I was shocked because you know you think a personal trainer is just the dude. He all he's got to do is count backwards from ten. Yeah. Like, all right, put a bit more weight on. Okay, yeah. ready? I mean, yeah. how hard can it be? But no, it, it shocked me just how much they Yeah, have you, have, know you have to know inside. a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and so I, I did it just so I can work for myself mostly, uh, just to kind of 
train myself and know what I'm actually doing. Uh, or, and then also like that, um, I also did some, for some of my fitness sponsors, I did uh, like articles and stuff for them. So yeah. I, I actually wanted to kind of have some notoriety to it, not just some gym bro yeah. talking about, hey man, work out, eat protein. <laughs> and so, and so I, uh, the biggest thing I ran across was, is, is everyone has their, their ideal version of what like their body or what they want, their physique wants to look like. For me, the end goal uh, that kept me going was a I had a, a show date in sight, right. and so I know okay I have to be ready. And for you to step on stage, you sh- you should almost be ready like three weeks out. For so the you, show. you put a physical target so, yeah. right up. Yeah, that so I put a date on it, yeah. and then and that's what I'm, I'm I'm laser focused on. I can't slip up. If I do have a slip up, you know, within the third month or where I, you know, when I'm first starting out, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can slip up a little bit. Uh, tell me what you consider yeah. a slip up. Because is, is putting cheese on some rice a slip up? So you have to have the rice plain? I mean, how, uh, what level like, of slip yeah, up? Yeah, because like rice wise, I, I, I eat like white rice or jasmine rice or brown rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, slip up for me would be like, okay, I'm going to eat some cookies or like some chips or something. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's not like, okay, I'm just going to straight up bender all weekend. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, usually, usually for that as well, you, you always want to get like a, a guy that's kind of a trainer, mm-hmm. but that, and then some people also go and get like a nutritionist and stuff like that. If, I mean, if you got the money for it, Hey, be all means, but usually a trainer can kind of give you, uh, if he's a good trainer, he can kind of gauge and tell you, okay, eat this. Here's what supplements you need to take and mm-hmm. kind of, kind of look at your body and, and tell you what, how you need to tweak it. So, but for the average person, they're not going to, they're not going to want to go that commitment level and then they shouldn't you know unless you're really trying to lose weight and you know for for health benefits and and just to get better um i feel like for the most part people they'll hit me up and they're like oh hey man i've been good for a month or two i lost 20 pounds okay i'm gonna quit working out and doing all this stuff i'm gonna go back to normal (laughs) put the 20 pounds back on yeah oh man i I gained 20 pounds okay cool i'm gonna go right back on this it's like so they basically just yo-yo it and I tell them, I was like, dude, you're never, you're never going to get like to where you want to be at because you're seeing this, you're, you're kind of seeing it more as a race. Like, okay, I have to get to the finish line real quick, mm-hmm. lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. I did it. Cool. Go me. Yeah. I don't have to do anything else now. Dude, but I struggle with that. Um, you know, you've known me long enough to have known when I was morbidly obese. And, you know, I've, I've struggled a, a lot of times with my weight because um, just recently I got down to my high school weight um, we're doing 75 hard and I finished that a couple of weeks ago and that was hard dude I've been having a little break and I've noticed like five or six pounds creep back on I'm like yeah. fuck am I gonna am I gonna go do this again and, yeah so they, and they also with like all these uh, like some of those those things like you do there like the workouts and stuff like that they're good but for some people I feel like it's it's, it's a bad thing for them because they see it as oh well, if I want to I know I can lose the weight so if I, mm-hmm. I really want to I can just go back to that and do the same routine that I did or same diet I did and I know I can get down to it but they you know they seem to forget as they age it gets harder yes so, it does. so if you if you <laughs> yes, start from a from a higher starting point than when yeah. you when you are at a lower starting point it's going to be double the work to get you there so it's going to be you're going to be less you know encouraged you're going to be really discouraged because like man I, I lost the weight before mm-hmm. so easy now it's like yeah hardly coming off and so I tell people I was like dude I was like number one go get blood work done yes I was like that's first thing you should do even for even for women like because they'll have, have chicks hit me up and, and tell me the same like, go get blood work done get your levels done get your testosterone level if you're it, you know you're a chick get your te- your uh, estrogen levels checked dude it shocked the shit out of me getting my blood work yeah done. I was deficient all over the place I, I had no idea the only thing I was wrong I would I would sleep a lot I would be really lethargic and all of I mean, you know, you go to the doctor if there's something wrong with you, don't you? There's mm-hmm. no such thing as like preemptive doctoring, but apparently there is. Yeah, yeah, and they can tell right hey, your your test levels are low. We mm-hmm. need to get you in these good rings. And then I've had buddies uh, tell me the same thing. It's like, dude, go check. You get your test levels. I mean, because what dude wants to wants to be able to like, oh, I have low tests. You know, it's it's kind of like a, a shot to your manhood that you have to go get checked on. You know, and get these you know, yeah, well, and stuff. you'd be shocked. You know, um, I don't know what kind of percentage of it is, but how I found out that I had low test was by sitting in a room full of entrepreneurs. I was in a a, a mastermind session. I fell asleep. (laughs) And the lady hosting the session, like, made a little bit of fun of me, and I perked right back up, and I fucking fell asleep again. (laughs) Like, you know, and by this time, they're like, hey, 
what's up? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck is wrong. I've been falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon and, and I just, I can't drink enough coffee and energy drinks. And what did it for me was a couple of guys in the room who were a little bit older than me both said, go get your blood work done. Go get your shit checked. Right? It turned out that the years of alcohol abuse that I put my body through had limited the amount of fucking testosterone I was capable of making. And now for personal reasons, I, I'm off it. Um, <laughs> if you really want to go there, it made me want to uh, fuck everything, <laughs> fight everyone, and eat all the food I could possibly find. And um, I, I've... Yeah, it's a balancing act. I've, I've cleaned my diet up. I'm, I'm exercising more, and you know, naturally, it's 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 come back a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I stopped injecting because it made me it made me quite um, honestly it made me feel like a 17 year old. I just wanted to run around and yeah. and, and, I had, and it, it was amazing. It made me feel like Superman. But I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll. I'm fucking I'm 42. Man. I don't need to mess with this. So yeah, but it, it it it's a balancing act for sure. I mean, I had one guy that had low tests, and he said he uh, it gave him heart issues, mm -hmm. and so he had to quit taking it because of that. But it, you, it is a blow to your manhood. You, you don't really want to be like, well, shit, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. But then as you look. And you realize so many guys go through it and they don't mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. And they, they suffer in silence. And it's like, shit. If it wasn't for two guys standing up saying, hey, this same thing happened to me, mm -hmm. I'd never have figured it out. So, yeah. You know. It's usually the older guys that are just don't even care. Like, dude, go get it done. <laughs> the, the, guy, the guys that, that walk around naked yeah, in the gym. In the the gym. Room, like, yeah, and uh, put, their, put their foot up on the bench and, hey, what's up, buddy? Yes. Yeah, it's that's, like, bruh. I quit going to gym yeah. for that reason. I quit going. I do that. I, I go to the restroom. Quick when I go to the bathroom, and I'm, and I'm like it. laser focused like to the bathroom. <laughs> look down, I, even, I don't even know if I want to look down, man. <laughs> just, look, just, look at the, yeah, just look at the ceiling and just walk walk out, you know, every now and then. Just use your peripherals to make sure you're not gonna hit the wall or something. But yeah, dude, there's always a naked old man in the gym. I don't know where to go after that. All right, so. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about your acting career, man, because that's something that I've seen. Um, for years, you've been chipping away at that. And like I did joke about the overnight success, um, but it's taken you a really long time to get where you're at. What, what was it like breaking into acting and uh, how much persistence did you have to have to get to where you've uh, got to? Acting, man, acting's, I mean, everybody thinks it's super easy. And I mean, there's always a... a there's always an exception where somebody just, just just overnight, literally overnight success. I mean, you can have that in anything, music and, and you know, any type of uh, adventure you go into. But for, for me, dude, it's, 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 uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. Because I've, I've, how long have I been? I, I want to say, like, do the COVID years just jack all my, my oh, train yeah. of years up. Because, yeah. like, oh, wait a minute, there's two years in there that just kind of lost. Just forgot about those, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's probably like four or five years now um and i'm not where i want to be as far as, as acting goes but I'm, I'm slowly getting there because um i have friends that have agents and are part of an agency and and that in itself i've have had to learn and and kind of remind myself just because you have an agent doesn't mean that you're farther along i mean yes you are farther along than i am or someone that doesn't have an agent but that doesn't guarantee that you're more successful if that makes sense. No, it's a great point. Because you, you can have an agent, but that doesn't mean that you've made it. Like <laughs> no. they, can, they can get you in the room that I can't get into, but at the same point, I can get myself a lot farther because there's there's uh, acting and casting right now that I'm in the same rooms as some of these guys that have agents, and I'm totally by myself just doing this off the internet. And, and you know, there's a, there's a lot more acting opportunities starting to arise in Texas as well over correct. the last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually pretty excited that a lot of that's coming to Texas because there for a while I was trying to move to California, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but then, I mean, the housing market, I'm actually, I didn't go because before COVID hit, I mean, it was, it was right before COVID hit that I was looking at moving out that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went to the job interview and everything out there to, to get into like forensic, uh, PC uh, yeah. type things over there um, and so I was actively looking to get over there um, but now that you know Texas is kind of coming back because it was there for a while it was pretty pretty uh, like a hotbed and then it kind of I don't know what the whole you know taxes and all that stuff right, on how right. on the breaks they gave them and they kind of took it away and all that stuff And but now it's coming back and some big stuff coming up and so uh, 
So yeah, it, I think once that comes, it'll, it'll give me m- more opportunities to do it. Um, but right now, basically, I'm I'm do what they call you know uh, working local to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I've you know flown to LA for a couple for a couple jobs. Uh, for acting gigs in there, and I basically had to fly myself out there. I have to get my own hotel, my own transportation, and so I just basically make sure. And you know, maybe if you, most, a, yeah. a, if you had an agent, like he'd be on negotiator that shit for you. Well, yeah, and he probably gave me a little bit more money, but he also probably he takes more money. Well, yeah. And so at the point where I'm at now, I basically I can afford to break even because I'm not paying an extra person. I'm paying myself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if I can get enough money to to get myself in the room with these people, because some of these gigs you're in with like bigger name actors mm-hmm. and so i mean and, all, and, and in acting and stuff and anything pretty much you know you just need that one that one break so it takes i was yeah. like you know you always see this people that have been acting forever and they just pop out out of, out of nowhere and like you know and but then you don't see the 10 plus years that people have been putting in that's what to, it is to get to that point yeah. and then you're like, oh this guy just of course he did I mean, that, that movie that role was perfect for him and they just thought of that guy i was like well you don't you know. And then you go and do some research on him, and the guy's been doing crazy amount of short movies and yeah. films and all the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize till I started looking at the industry a little closer. There's actually like like a career path with you know like commercials and shorts and all that yeah. kind of stuff to to gain the experience. So, what's been your favorite like TV or movie project that you've worked on? Because um, I I did see a picture of you like like all dressed up with a metal arm and a bunch of makeup on like a half metal baddie that looked oh bad. the uh, I, I, <laughs> that I wish that was because that was that was a, a cosplay for Cable Oh, uh, right on yeah so the um, the guy that did the the makeup for that is uh, Rudy Campos from Houston mm-hmm. and he was and I, I think he won he was on Skin Wars the TV show okay uh, it's where they basically go and and do body paint on all these models and and they get judged on it. Um, and I, I think it's been a while since I've, I've uh, went through that, but I think he won the, that that season of that episode. Um, but I uh, met him, and so then we, we kind of linked up and said, "Hey, it'd be so cool to be do if we could do like a, a cable crossover." And so he, I uh, went down to Houston um, and met up with him, and then he, I basically sat in. I want to say I sat in that chair for like an hour or two oh, while wow. he did while he did all that body paint and stuff. Dude, it looks awesome. Yeah, so I, I I actually have a video on my YouTube channel of, of the behind the scenes and I sped it up because it's so long uh, to where he basically is just spray painting and stuff. And then I did a photo shoot with uh, with a photographer down there to, to kind of capture it mm-hmm. um, and do that. And then I'm tagging Rob Liefeld like crazy. It's like, hey, bro, hey, bro, hey. <laughs> tag tagging him, tagging Marvel. Uh, and so I was like, hey, man, you know. So if if you could play like one. If one character, if you could play one role, is it like a superhero you'd play? Who who you want to be? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, because I, I really like the Hulk and I really like Thanos. Uh, right. And but I mean, Josh Brolin did like a killer job on on Thanos and mm-hmm. Cable. And then uh, I really like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah. Because uh, he he's, he he kind of fits really good into the. The kind of neurotic, you know, professor or, or doctor, and then you know goes goes in the rage mode. Um, you you don't. The the problem is you'd have to be the green Hulk because you're too big to be. Yeah, like, I couldn't. Guy. I couldn't be the little. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be like the old school uh, Hulk. Dude, I love TV that. show. Lou, Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. I used to watch that with my well, grandma. Yeah, where he falls like, over and then yeah. Luke, Luke comes up. Like yeah, you know, there was no transitioning and stuff. So I'd, I'd have to be that. Um, but it, it's. You know, I had a, a conversation uh, with because I met um, in one of my acting group. I actually met um, an actress. Um, she was on Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Max's mom, Jen. Okay. And so I met her. She was in town, and so she's like, "Hey, I'm looking to try to get." Uh, she's trying to do a, a like a, a casting because mm-hmm. her casting agent. She booked out, which basically means, "Hey, I'm I'm not doing any bookings." But she's like, hey, this is too big of a thing to pass up right. uh, for a TV show. Um, and she was looking to see if anybody happened to be in College Station could hook her up. So then I uh, hit up my buddy Tommy and said, hey, dude, I got, you know, told her who she was that she's trying to get a hookup. Um, if you can hook her up, you know, help her, cool. Um, you know, if we have if we have to pay you or whatever, then, you know, we can do that. But, you know, Tommy's always cool. He's always, always out to help out. And so we uh, did that. And afterwards, we were sitting here just chit-chatting and, you know, and we both came up to kind of the same conclusion. Where for me, it's it's hard for me to get a role where I'm kind of like a side character because I don't just 
blend into the crowd or blend into the room. <laughs> like I, I'm a, a a big stature of a guy. So Do you get like typecast into roles, like bouncer number one and shit like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I I'm I'm probably like one of the nerdiest dudes you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. but you just if you look at me, I'm never gonna you're never gonna see it. Well, that, and and you know you've got you've got what a lot of big dudes get because you're like you're super friendly when you like like when you uh, when you when you boot up, but yeah. when, when you're just when, when you're just in in normal mode, like you've got a little bit of that. Oh, I'm scared of this guy. You got a little bit yeah. of like resting bitch face. Yeah, like, do I approach this dude? Or yeah, like, and, I, I, and I get that a lot. It's just it's just. And I remember one time this one guy messaged me on a casting. He's like, don't take this the wrong way, but you have a really douchey look that I'm looking for this one character. Would you mind reading for it? And so... Ouch, <laughs> So Ouch. I was like, thanks, question mark? And so... <laughs> I don't like but that. It, yeah, it, yeah. I, I get it, though. Cause, yeah, because I'm, I'm that... I guess in that, I'm that way. I'm actually, uh, I was talking to, to someone about that, and, and she has kind of the same R, you know, RBF there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of joke because we... We both have that kind of you know don't mess with me type look, and and I don't and I don't mean to do it. It's just it's just my natural. Go-to. Right. It's like, like when I say when you're like a computer on down, like like you're on standby. You're just not yeah. really thinking about anything yeah. or just going about your normal business. But when when you when somebody engages you, the, the it's gone immediately. They can yeah. see you're friendly, but like, um, I mean, I've known you so long. Like I know there's no danger there, but I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be intimidated to to approach you in a bar if there was something that yeah like that's a big dude man <laughs> yeah and so it, and and I I try to be mindful of that but sometimes I don't think about it <laughs> and so then it's like you know I just come up and look at somebody and they're like or you know or if, or if I'm in the gym working out and I'm like someone's in front of me and I just look at them to see what they're doing or what they're going to work out and it's like oh were, were you using this and I was like no nah, dude I, 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 I'm right here man it's, that's all you really. And so, you know, um, you know, or, or, or if I'm walking, I just don't notice it. And then people are kind of like just jump out of the way real quick. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> Sorry, man. We can, we can share this space. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be, that's why you get a typecast. Yeah. And so, so I yeah. So I, I have to kind of, um, you know, kind of coming back to the nerdy thing. Like, like I could, I could be like the nerdiest dude type ever. Like, mm-hmm. but, cause I know that and play, I mean, for my actual job, you know, I have almost 30 services in it yeah so i have like all the nerd knowledge yeah i have the nerd knowledge like crazy but you'll never unless they do some type of comedy or some type of off the wall casting for a nerd person you're never going to see me being the brainiac back there and you know oceans of 13 or 14 or (laughs) 20 or whatever they get to where i'm like working on the computer or something like that unless it's going to be like a, a comical role or you know i get famous enough that they just throw you into that role even though you don't really fit the role right um so I'll always have to go with kind of the bigger, the, the bodyguard, the biker, or like yeah. someone that's like a rough dude or can look rough or like uh, the, the guys I, I kind of, um, whenever people are like, oh, well, who would you kind of mimic uh, as far as actors or who you look up to? It's like, you know, of course it's going to be The Rock because he's kind of that same yeah. typecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Bautista. Um, I really like Jason Momoa. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the, the three or Henry Cavill, you know, they, they kind of have that brooding yeah to themselves you know the superman or the you know or you're gonna have like uh draco or whatever you'd you make a good rock and so yeah, so yeah so it it's it's definitely i'm always gonna be typecasted just because i'm a, I'm a big big guy so i gotta ask man all this stuff going on you got you got the touring musician it, it looks like the the fitness model's still there the actor star is rising dude like what is the future hold for you man what, what do you got in the works what's coming uh, I mean, we got, we got a lot of stuff. I mean, every year we, we with my band stuff, we we just released a record, so we're we're kind of really pumping uh, pumping that right now, promoting it. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, and uh, yeah, we we that, that thing's been in the works for years now because you know we're all this like music isn't our full time job, mm-hmm. and so we have life outside of that, and everybody has their own stuff going on. So we've been finally released it. We're starting to put that out. Um, hopefully next year we'll probably go on tour and and start traveling across the U.S. with it and doing some stuff. So the band's name is Hindsight. Tell me the name of the album. Uh, Hindsight, and the album is called Catalyst. Catalyst. I yeah. can spell yeah. that. And we uh, have it on all the streaming, you know, Spotify, Apple, and all that. Awesome. Also. And so you have that. And then if you want a physical CD, which, I'm, I mean, I mean, call me old school or something like that, but I, I popped uh, our CD in my truck, which still has the actual CD player that I found out. Um, and so I popped it in there just to see the quality difference, and it's like 
day and night, man. Even even yeah. though I have my Spotify account like set up to like stream high, mm-hmm. like it's day and night. Like I have to I had to turn down my my radio quite a bit compared to what it was just from streaming like every day because the sound quality is so much more rich and just just so much more bass and thump. I um as you can see a uh, vehement collector of old <laughs> records and shit like we're, we're sitting in uh, we're sitting in my studio in college station it can barely be called a studio but there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of old vinyl kicking around here and I still have the original hindsight CD you gave me all of those freaking years ago and you know I love it because it's so difficult to like actively support bands nowadays yeah. um, I love when you go and see a merch booth and they still got CDs even though I don't have a CD player yeah. like I still love it and, and to be able to physically support a band I think is super important so um, you all ever cut vinyl? We're actually thinking about doing the vinyl thing. You know, sure. we had we had quite a few people tell us, "Hey, man, if you had vinyl, I'd, I'd get it." But the well, issue yeah. with vinyl is like it's just so expensive to. It is, but man, it's so worth it. The, one of the last bands I was in about two thousand six, two thousand seven, we pressed a vinyl EP and we did it in red, and it just it was great. I mean, everybody wanted it. So the the um, like it's it's still. It's still a little quirky to our vinyl, but it's like a lot of people like yeah. gravitate to it. Even if they like like me, I never play my fucking records. I mm-hmm. just I collect them. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a there's yeah. a different it's a collector's I, item. Yeah, and I, I man, I feel bad because I I'll own the record and I'll listen to it on Spotify because it's just more convenient. You know? mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so you got the new album out, Catalyst, and then what the tour next year? Then uh, yeah, we'll probably try to do a tour next year. Um, usually we go in, around May or, or August time mm-hmm. if we do two tours. Um, we kind of do our tour scheduling around uh, Brad. He, uh, like I say, he's a research scientist, so he goes and talks to the, at these conventions. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is basically. Depending on what conven- where the convention is, that's it. You lock it we on route in. we that route our tour to that. That's why we've gone to you know like Chicago to Boston to right, New York right. to Orlando to you know California and stuff like that. And so, really want to do one up to Seattle. Like that would be so like legit to get to get up that. You got the the, the early '90s connection with the music there. Uh, no, but if if it, we had like a uh, a tour, like you know, if he's doing a convention or something up there, it would, it would be nice just to do that. You know. Highway one up. Oh yeah, and just, just yeah, no doubt. The uh, it'd be I, a different spot for us to, to hit as well. Yeah, I've never been up there. I I, I got to do Highway one through uh, through California, but I never made it that far north. So man, it's uh, I got a couple more questions to ask you, man. It's been an absolute freaking blast. Getting yeah, do you always always like hanging? We don't get to hang anymore. We don't, like no. I mean, yeah. you get you get older and you just. Dude, I, I, I finally towed my Cobra to the shop yesterday. Like, that, that's a big deal. <laughs> I was going to ask if you still had that thing, man. Yeah, 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 I still do. Like, um, she just, she was running when she was parked. Just had a, a little bit of a fuel leak, and I got to put new tires on it, you know. But, like, I don't think the car thing will ever go away for me. It just, like, man, it's so hard now. I used to love doing it when I was a kid, but it's so hard to just lay under cars and spin wrenches in 100 degree heat when you're like, I really yeah. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and like being the yeah, fastest. You, yeah, you're not taking it to the to Sealy or anything anymore. No, don't yeah, take it to I was, the I was actually talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I was telling her about, because I think I mentioned that we were, uh, I was in a car club or whatever, and she was asking me questions about it. And, and uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, the best time I remember was when we had like, 50, 60 cars just mm-hmm. driving all the way. I think it was Sealy we were going yeah. to. And just had like all different type of cars there. And just, you just see just like a, a parade of muscle cars. It was fun, man. And so it was, it was, it was legit. Like, you know, I, I, I enjoyed uh, those times. Like, oh, and then she's like, oh, did you race your car? I was like, no, dude. I was like, I, like mine was a daily driver. I couldn't afford to break mine. And it's like, there was plenty of cars that would get broken. My, my, yeah, consistently. Everyone's like, oh, how do you have so, such low miles on your car? I'm like, well, let me tell you a story about that. If you break it all the time, it never runs. <laughs> yeah, every time I would go to the track, something else would break. And, you know, it's like another $1,000 here, and then it's $1,500 there, and then it's $2,500 there. And then you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just gets too expensive. But I, you know, I, I, I grew up around cars, man. I'll, I'll always have something. And, uh, yeah, it was just time to, time to get on with that. So, Man, the the podcast, Jesse, is is based on 
guys in our place turning around and giving back to guys that are maybe five, maybe 10 years behind us on this journey, right? So I ask all my guests this question, and this is kind of my penultimate question for you as well. You know, looking back now, if you were talking to yourself from maybe five or maybe 10 years ago, and you're out on this path, and you know, you're a touring musician and a fitness model and an actor and a movie star, what's that piece of golden advice that you'd want to give to yourself from 10 years ago? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I would probably tell myself, and, and this is, I mean, this is, it can go across the board because uh, people don't realize how much, and it, it, it taking me this long to figure it out, but I would say find someone that supports your dream and that is going to be a part of the dream, not be, you know, against that. Because being with someone that doesn't understand your struggle, doesn't understand your, you know, to them it's an obsession, but to you it's like, you know, you're just in your head trying to figure out ways to make this work, trying to better yourself or like, you know, even if you're trying to get famous or whatever for the sake of, you know, your family or whatever. But if you have someone that just always is against you, man, it's going to make your life and make your your struggle and make, make your you know your ambition just it just it's nothing it's a it straight kills it like yeah. it just kills your your driving motivation and just it turns you know all that positive energy and and that you have into something negative and then it just then you're like well you know what's the point of even doing this because she doesn't appreciate or he doesn't appreciate this and and uh you know i'm doing this for me and then it turns into okay now i'm just being selfish and just you know it gets it gets so toxic that you just don't want to even you know, your, your dream basically gets excited, you know, put on, put on the back burner. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, you're like, you know what? I wish I, you know, let's say y'all break up or you get divorced or whatever. And you're like, you know, I should have totally not listened to that person. I should have just kept going forward. You know, 10 years down the road, I'd be way, you know, who, who knows where I would be right now if I'd listened to myself or if I had someone that was, that was a positive reinforcement in my life. Because, right. I mean, that, that right there is, is, probably one of the most key things right now i mean i'm not saying go out and you know break up with your uh, dude or chick or, or get a divorce or anything, but i mean that that right there should be question number one when you get with someone that if you're in that dream or in that hustle is like hey are you going to be supportive of my dream or are you, you, you going to be a hindrance to it dude it's such a rare thing because fewer than three percent of us get to do the shit that you and i do um you know, I know I'm in a slightly different vein, but we're we're essentially both responsible for for killing the stuff that we eat, dragging it home, cutting it up, and yeah. feeding people. Like, and when you don't have a supportive partner, it makes it all that much harder. And the the, the problem is, ninety seven percent of everybody doesn't understand this lifestyle. They don't. There's yeah. there's a lot to be said for the security of a paycheck. Uh, a couple of dogs at the house, a couple of car payments, mortgage, a couple of kids running around. There's a lot to be fucking said for that. But I think that guys like you and I, um, when we're looked at from a conventional standpoint, there's something a little bit broken in us. When we say this isn't good enough, this this I I I refuse to be fucking average. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be normal. Ninety-seven percent of the the population be the male or female, are very much content with being average. And when you remember average is as close to the bottom as it is to the top, that just fucking triggers me and says, I'm not going to sit in that spot. Yeah. But finding that partner, and I know because I speak from experience, I, I don't really talk about my relationship status or anything on the on the, on the show. I think there's some things that, that should belong to me. It <laughs> shouldn't be completely public yeah. knowledge. Yeah, you but, should have some, some to yourself. But, but finding that partner and, and finding somebody that, that understands that this is a, it's a 24-7 fucking commitment to this lifestyle so you can control everything yourself and you can live the life you want. You can live the things mm -hmm. you dream about. I mean, the, the, the sacrifices I've made to get where I want, to have the amount of freedom that I've got to do the things that I choose to do, it's been a really scary journey, but having a partner there to push that over the last, you know, five years would have been so much different than having to figure it out on my own and still like try to develop relationships with people that don't really understand like this way of life. 
I now I'm dating somebody that really understands this way of life. Yeah, you get discouraged, and that, that person's there to, to motivate you. I, like, you know, but whereas not you, it's not you by yourself having to. to but dude, I didn't yourself. realize what it was like trying to do it without a partner. Yeah. I just was without one, so I just did it. Yeah. Um, but now having one around that actually understands, I I never thought I'd find a woman that understood entrepreneurship the same way that the, the, that I do yeah. that I that I live in it. Yeah, you're seeing like that. That was my thing too. Is is I. I'm seeing stuff as content, like I, I can create content, not not because mm-hmm. oh I'm using you as a, a piece, you know, a marketing mm-hmm. piece. Um, I'm including you in it, so that's that's us time. Yeah. But I'm seeing everything as a marketing. How you know, since I'm an influencer, I'm seeing how how can I promote this product effectively? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna be doing something cool. Where I can make a small mini shoot out of that yeah. while I'm here, and then the rest of the time is us. And so it, you know, you have to find somebody that that they can see that that you're not just you know you're not using everything as you know it's a me 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 it's like hey I, this is for us in the, in the long run but the, the the worst for me was like um oh well this girl liked your post who is she and i'm like yeah i, I have no fucking clue there's thousands and yeah. thousands of people like, that's I, the internet that's what that is <laughs> it is social media yeah underlying social like like the word we're not actually friends it just says yeah. friends on facebook you yeah know? like so yeah, and and now I'm now I'm dating somebody that's been in that world and understands it, yeah. and you know, so um, yeah, it's uh, that's some sage advice, man. Getting somebody, yeah, in and, I, and I say that because it's happened to me multiple times. Back when I was first going to college, like my dream job was always to become a computer animator and work for Pixar. No shit. Yeah, dude. Like I love like Minions and all the animation yeah. movies, like Wally, like. Dude, that is like my thing. Like I've oh, and I kicked myself in the butt because I was dating a girl at the time. And, um, yeah, it's kind of getting sidetracked, but her parents didn't approve of my color. And so I, I was, <laughs> I forget that you're yeah. even brown. Dude. Yeah. Like, so I, I they, yeah. the same shape. Yeah. So they, they didn't approve of, of, of my, so we had a higher relationship when I was in, cause I was in, I just graduated high school mm-hmm. and she was still in high school. Um, and so we had to hide our stuff and, and, um, and so that, and that in itself kind of created issues within it, but, but. I ended up not going to TSTC in Waco mm-hmm. um, to, to go into their computer animation school because she wanted me to stay close. And then I had to basically, okay, now I got to go work for her dad to try and make see So her dad yeah. could see me hardworking. Yeah. I'm in college, putting myself through college. Like, yeah, I didn't come from money, but I'm trying to make, I'm trying to yeah. you know, not be a product of my environment and trying to make myself, trying to get myself out. Hey, I'm going to take care of your daughter if we end up you know, going down that road. Um, but they never could get past it. You know, they just, uh, so I ended up, basically not doing what I always wanted to do and kind of went, I mean, which I'm glad I went down this route, but well, it, yeah. it's, it's multiple times where it happened to me. And I, it's, I could just, if I go back to myself, just, Hey, just do, you know, find someone that supports you and then, and then hold on to them. The, the, the best piece of advice I ever got. And, um, it, it's hippie as hippie as all get out. And, and yeah, you know, I was, was blue collar and very, um, raised traditionally and that, that hippie stuff didn't get a look in, but I, went on this journey of you know self-development and all this stuff and I one of my coaches I was going through a program and they made me write down all the things in my ideal partner like like literally all of that stuff and um, I put like a full page of notes what my ideal partner was going to be and after that like I didn't allow anybody close to me that didn't match all that shit and when I put it out there in the universe and nine months later, I wasn't even looking and somebody just walked in and I'm like, well, shit, like yeah. it's right there on that page. And I, I don't, I still struggle to believe in the power of manifestation, but I mean, shit, if it worked for me, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should like take the time. And what it did with me was like focus in on the fact that if she wasn't X, Y, Z, A, B, and C, then I don't need to be talking to her. Mm-hmm. Like period. Yeah. And then that was it. And it just made the the filter a lot stronger, yeah. And it made it a lot easier to see that hey, this isn't going to work anyway. So just yeah, that filter went from from moderate to aggressive. No, the filter went, <laughs> the filter went from non-existent, mate. You know, come on in. But, um, but yeah, and, I, and I've kind of done the same thing where where you know with with mine, um, like I've I've met someone since since then, um, and so and we're kind of feeling it out as well. But it, it's kind of been the same thing where mentally, I didn't write it down, but mentally I had, okay, I need, mm-hmm. you know, since I'm involved with acting and since I'm involved with yeah. music, since I'm involved with fitness stuff, 
like all these things like I'm always going to be in the public eye because of all these things yeah. I, I need someone that's going to understand hey when I'm acting and if it's seen with another girl or something like that I'm not trying to bang this chick. This is a it's, role. It's acting. Yes. It's pretend. Yes. It, whenever they say, you know, and scene, I'm done. Hey, cool. You know, great job. Yeah. I go back to my chick. I, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yeah. That, that, that is, that yeah. is kind of weird because, you know, I've yeah. seen, I've seen some of the stuff the girl I'm dating's done uh, as far as like, she's, she's in, uh, she's in film. And like, you, you see her with a dude and you're like, yeah, but it's acting. But the other thing is like, you see her playing like a, an emotional role and you're like, damn i hope she's okay and then you yeah. remember it's, it's acting yeah and but, then with yeah. fitness with fitness stuff it's like you have to kind of give yourself a little bit and it, it's not that you're flirting but you have to be flirtatious right, right. and then same thing with with the band stuff when you're at the merch booth and stuff hey yeah. what's going on you're yeah. like oh man you look good in that shirt you know you yeah. just you have to kind of be flirt flirty but not over the, i mean there's there's a well, certain like, point you go and stop but yeah but you have to you have to be outgoing and you being outgoing isn't you flirting or you hitting i mean it can move to that if you if you don't watch it but at the same point you have to under, you know I, I was like i have to have someone that understands that there is a me over here who's a real me mm -hmm. this is who you're gonna get outside of all this stuff and then you're gonna get each little role like i have you have a, a, a band version of me you have a mm -hmm. fitness version of me you have an actor version of me and these are pieces of me but they are not who i really am right right no i, I totally get that and and you know some days like I'm not on the same influence level as you. I'm still a few tiers behind where you're at, but I, I got some influence. And yet some days I just don't want to talk to anybody. I want to be, I want to be this Sam over here. Yeah. I want to be the quiet Sam. I don't want to be the Facebook Sam that's got to come out. Yeah. Be, you just want to walk into a place and, and nobody know you and you're just kind of just, all right, I'm going to order something to drink or something to eat and just hang. But yeah. when I have a conversation, you're striking the conversation. It's not being brought to you. You're not like, you know, after our show at, at here, you know, I, I try to go to a different place and me and, uh, a chick that I was with, uh, we're like, let's just go over here to, you know, Murphy's Law or somebody to hang yeah, out. As, as soon as I got in there, dude, it was, it was already, you're getting hit up and I'm like, man, I'm trying to hang out with, you know. You just, at just, that point, you just got to fist bump everybody yeah. and get on with you. I mean, and you've you, got to play yeah. that role. And, 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 you, and you, you hate to, I hate to do that because I just, you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, act like paparazzi's chasing me or anything, but you just want to go and like, I, I've been talking all night. I just want to go over here, hang out with my, mm -hmm. you know, my chick and just, just chill. But you just yeah. don't get that opportunity sometimes, and so it's yeah, it's it's nice when you can just turn up, turn it off, and, and just be you. Well, shit, man, I gotta turn it off and just be me and uh, go pick my kids up because it's Sunday evening. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go have some dad time, dude. Jesse, thank you, man, for coming hanging out with me down here tonight. Yeah, dude, um, I'm glad we finally were able to to get it together. Dude, we're we're gonna do it again here soon. Um, I've got a lot of new projects coming up that. Man, I'm still under NDA, so it's, it's driving me mad not being able to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Those are the worst, dude. I, you can't tell nobody that, that you know all your all the success that's coming to you. Well, they're like, where have you been? Why are you so quiet? I'm like, well, actually, I've been working on something really big, but yeah. shit. I, I can't tell you though. It'll all come out this week, I'm sure. But all right, last question, man. For everybody that's following the podcast and made it this far, I am going to uh, put all your links in the show notes. But where can the guys uh, follow you online? Where can they listen to this new album you're dropping? And uh, how do they get a hold of Jesse James? Yeah, if they want, uh, you can go to my official website. It's uh, Jesse Huerta, J-E-S-S-E-H-U-E-R-T-A.com. Um, that right there has basically all my acting stuff, fitness stuff, band stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it has my tour schedule because uh, I, I oh, also nice. have uh, our, our tour schedule on there as well. Um, my band is Hindsight, so if you go to Hindsight Rock, H-I-N-D-S-I-G-H-T, Rock. Got that spelling right. Yeah, second. make sure. <laughs> and then uh, HindsightRock.com, and that has all my band stuff, uh, all their socials and stuff like that, right, all our YouTube right. links and stuff so they can watch the videos. Um, tour schedules as well, where we're going to be playing. And so if they you know, have any questions or anything, just, you know, free to hit me up on any social. I'm pretty much on everything, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Gotcha. Uh, anything. Just not knowing fans. So, <laughs> not yet <laughs> no got you know maybe think about selling some peat picks on there but you know you never know so. <laughs> well on that note what a wonderful way to end the interview man thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me. all right appreciate it man. i appreciate it guys that was jesse james please do me a favor go check out his shit because he really is a guy that i'm glad that i know and uh, i really look up to the hard work that he's done so uh, go check his stuff out in the show notes uh, if you've enjoyed today's show do me a favor you can uh, find jesse on instagram tag him you can tag us at small business surgeon share it out leave a review and uh, you'll
go have a great week i will uh, catch you guys again on friday with this week's episode of friday fire you'll be good and stay safe This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.